Thank you for listening to the Power Shift Mindset. We'll be discussing techniques, concepts, and strategies to help you achieve the success and happiness you're looking for. Hey guys, it's Coach Jay, and I'm by myself again this week. And this week I decided I'm going to talk about functional strength. So this is going to be more of a fitness and health conversation and just about what goals should be like in the gym. So this conversation comes from working with three different clients. Uh, I have three different clients that I I work with, um, all different body sizes, shapes, and different health history, all different things. And I'm working on them. They all have their individually written programs. And within a short amount of time, within two to three weeks of each other, they all made comments to me on how their strength has gone up on everyday things that they need to do, or at least say more personal hands-on things. So not necessarily the weight they're lifting in the gym. Now, while those numbers are going up as well, their bench presses are going up and their squatting is going up and all that. It's more the everyday things that happen. So one client has a parent that's in a wheelchair. And she mentioned that the last time she saw this parent, it, it was, it was it's her father that's in a wheelchair and he needed more help than she can ever remember. So moving him over the course of a, a long weekend, a holiday weekend, moving him from the chair to the couch, back to the chair, to the bed, back to the chair, to the couch, over and over and over again. Of course, by the end of the three-day weekend, she was tired, but she commented on how she was capable of doing this with so much more ease than in the past. So it was, I mean, if we talk workload, like in the gym, how much load we're doing, sets times reps times and exercises and whatnot, she was able to handle it more. And again, yes, tired at the end of the week, emotionally, physically, obviously, if we have a parent that's in a situation like that, it it wears us down on multiple levels, but she was capable of doing it. Another person who has health issues that I've worked with, she mentioned how just moving around laundry baskets throughout the house and she has five kids so it's constant laundry and it's I mean big laundry baskets and just being able to I mean like she said now she's conscious of bending down the proper way I mean squatting down or deadlifting the laundry basket rather than leaning over Uh, you'd be amazed on how many uh, new moms blow out their backs because they bend down to pick up their their toddler who might only be 23 pounds and go and pick them pick up the baby and their back goes out because they use improper form. And I think more injuries at the gym are, I mean, guys are going to go and squat and six plates on the bar, I mean, 325 pounds or something. And then when they go to lean over in that funky way to just hang that single 45 pound plate, that's where they tweak the back or leaning down to put that 60 pound dumbbell on the bottom rack. It's just an awkward movement. I think more people get injured in situations like that than they do actually lifting their max weight. So like I said, she just commented about moving the laundry baskets around, doing stuff, picking up her two young kids, a two-year-old and a three-year-old, moving them around the house and how it's just its just easier. I mean, again, we see the numbers in the gym. We see that our numbers are going up or our reps are going up or our range of motion is improving, but it's those everyday things. And then the last one, uh, and so this is another female client of mine, uh, so it's smaller frame and she's got two dogs. And she mentioned how she can pick up the 50-pound bag of dog food and bring it down into the basement. No problem now. Where 
eight weeks ago, this was a little more of a struggle. I mean, she managed it, made it happen, but now she can do it with, with confidence. And these are the things that we don't look at enough, especially when we're trying to measure our progress. Everyone looks at the scale. And I know we've done discussions, Judy and I have talked about that, where different ways of measuring our progress and, and if we're improving or moving in the right direction. I mean, it seems like the most important thing is the scale. Now, most people, if we go with the whole uh, I mean, New Year's resolution thing, everyone runs to the gym and their goal is, that's it, I got to lose weight. And that's where they put their primary focus in. And again, I can get anyone to lose weight. You want to lose weight? That's it. Drop down to 1,250 calories, go for a 5K run three times a week, and you're going to lose weight. Now, I'm not recommending that, but calories in versus calories out, you will lose weight. Again, not the healthy way to do it, not the right way to do it, not the suggested way to do it. Where I think our goal in the gym should always be to build strength, to put on muscle, to speed up our metabolism. And again, it's nice, and I know it's more so for the guys, but we're seeing a lot more women out there as well, that there's always a little bit of pride um, for how much weight we're lifting. And when when we're lifting the low weight, so for the younger lifters, the smaller frame lifters, uh, the less experienced ones, to finally put those 45s on there and bench press 135, that's a big check mark. To finally crack 200 pounds, usually it's 205 if you're not using a bunch of the small weights, and then obviously 225 with the 245s. And same thing with doing squats. Um, I know I have plates that I always like to look for whenever I'm in the gym. They're the two and a half pounds because if you put a 25 on the bar, you're at 95 pounds. I like, I'll ask someone to do, Hey, do one more rep for me. I'm just going to put these on for your brain. And they'll usually look at me and say, what do you mean for my brain? I say, I'll explain after, just give me one more rep. And now they give me that one more rep. And because I put those two and a half pounds on each side, it's now an even 100. So psychologically lifting a hundred pounds is a lot more than 95 pounds. And it's really not that much more but psychologically, hitting that triple digits, hitting those those checkpoints, the 135 to have the two big plates, the 205 to finally cross 200, the 225 having those plates, those are nice things to do in the gym to look at those. But I really think it's important when we look at what we do in everyday life that's so much easier. I mean, moving the dog food, helping your elderly parents and when they need help, I mean, being able to lift up the laundry baskets and up and down stairs, if, if that's the case, if like my, my laundry is down in the basement, so we're going up and down stairs to do that. And the bedrooms are on the second floor, so we're going two flights of stairs. And we don't think about stuff like that, but I mean, who's been on the stair stepper or the stairmaster at, at the gym and walked upstairs? Or if you're an athlete in, in high school and coach always had you run the, uh, run the stairs in the stadium if you had a stadium or, or the bleachers, running the bleachers. Or I remember doing track practice. My school didn't have a track, and we would we would start track practice indoors, and we would just do a sprint down the shop wing. I went to a tech school. We had a long, nice long straightaway. We'd be doing sprints there. We'd be running up the staircases and doing stuff like that. And now you're carrying these these baskets or the dog food up and down the stairs, and it's easier or you get to the point if you're if you're mowing your lawn with a push mower, um, which I just came in from with the heat and humidity up here in New England, and being able to do that and not feel so beat up at the end, those are the things that we should really be measuring our progress on. 
can we do the everyday things we need to live in life easier and without as much strain or multiple times before we get tired? That's the important thing. I mean, it's kind of like the, the, the big joke is, I mean, another day in my life that I didn't need to use trigonometry. We all talk about stuff like that. Okay, no one asked me today about what year Columbus sailed and all these things we learn in school. We don't think about stuff like that, and it's the same thing. We don't think about moving the dog food. We don't think about moving the laundry or, or helping our parents or our friends. or, I mean, something as simple as I mean, helping our friends move. And we were actually coming home from an archery tournament yesterday, and there were two ladies who had a, a memory foam mattress that flew out of the back of their pickup, and we saw them struggling. My son and I hopped out of the our car and helped them put it in, and being able to physically lift that up and get it into the back of the truck for them and help them out, where if we don't have that everyday functional strength, how are we going to do these things that we need to do day after day? And that's really what we should be measuring these things. I've mentioned my family health and my father, four heart attacks, knee replacement, hip replacement. And there was one day where I was visiting him at his place, and he lives in a small town where the the nearest store is about, I think it's seven or eight miles away, and it's a a simple Dollar General, tiny little store. And he was not having a good day. And I said, when are you going to swallow your pride and get the handicap sticker so on your bad days you can park closer? And he said, I'm not. That extra walk is what's keeping me alive. And again, it's that everyday activities that we do, that that's where we should measure how we're doing and how successful what we're doing in the gym is. And from working out, and then we have to, I mean, include what we're eating, how we're eating, how much we're eating. And I mean, to get healthy, it's it's what you eat, how much you eat, and the workouts. And the how much you eat is not always a case of eating less. Yes, there are some people that overeat in general. There's people that overeat on the junk food or the processed food. But then there's also a lot of people that undereat a lot more, whether they have a bad relationship with food or you get all the fad diets, whether it was the Atkins diet 15, 20 years ago or the keto diet now or, or these things or no carbs, don't eat any carbs or don't eat any fat or carbs make you fat. I mean, fat makes you fat and people start avoiding one of the macronutrients or or a certain thing. And we have to watch that. I mean, in some cases, there are definitely health situations and health issues that it is beneficial to eat a a diet like that. We'll call it a specialty diet, whether it's a plant-based diet or a vegan diet or no dairy or something like that. There's always going to be a situation where that is a beneficial thing to do. But for the average person eating a well-balanced diet of I mean, proteins, fat, and carbs is the best situation. And we have to make sure we fuel our body right. I mean, I have one client who, when I started with her, she was only eating six to 800 calories a day because she had this notion in her head that carbs make me fat and food makes me fat and wasn't going to eat. And I have her up to 2,400 calories a day and she has not put any weight on. And people in the gym are noting how much her body has changed in a positive way, in in the right direction, how she looks toner and fitter and better. Um, I mean, these are the biggest things that we really need to look at. And again, psychologically, there is always that aspect of what are my what are my scores, as we'll put it. What's my 
my score in the gym? Am I lifting more weight on my bench press and on my squat? Am I doing my sprint faster? Is my mile quicker if I'm a runner? And yes, those are great things to look at. Psychologically, they're, they're beneficial, um, but it's everyday things that we really need to worry about. I mean, how many people have, have gone to the gym or, or even tried, let's go back, how many people that don't work out just go to do something in their yard? I mean, you go in their yard and, and you're, you're cleaning up in the back and you have some, some old fencing or some old garbage you need to take out and uh, you got some heavy fence post and it's tough for you to move and you're dragging it out or you're getting winded and stuff like that. Yet if you did some just some functional strength exercises and uh, every day you did even body weight exercises. I mean, I know if you go to my YouTube page, my Be Motivation YouTube page, I have a suspension trainer workout. The video is about 15 minutes long. The workout itself, I believe, is closer to 12 minutes long. So for those of you that don't know, a suspension trainer is, it's got like canvas straps, um, the the real heavy-duty straps, similar to the straps you would strap a kayak to the roof of your car with or something like that, Uh, a little wider, and on one end they have handles. On the other hand, they have carabiners that you can either put like an eye hook on on an exposed beam in your basement or in your garage, or there's a device that you can loop over a doorway and then shut the door to pinch it tight, and you just want to pinch it on the back side of the door so you're using the door frame to support it. And you can do every exercise pretty much with this trainer. You can lean forward into it and do your bench press form, your your chest press. Uh, and the, the steeper you make your angle or the, or the more flat you lay, the more difficult the exercise is. So for someone that can't do a full push-up, you pretty much stand up straight and you just put just a little lean into your body and it's a light resistance. Lean forward a little or lean down a little more the resistance becomes a little tougher. So you can do that. You can do your flies. You can lean backwards and do your rows. Uh, there are so many exercises you can do with this, and it's great. It fits into a, a little bag, um, probably about the size of a, your standard onion bag, with, and uh, you can bring it with you anywhere. For, so for those of you that do have a fairly heavy-duty or regimented workout, even if you're whether you're an everyday person or that three-times-a-week person or even the two-times-a-week person, and you're going on vacation, you don't really want to uh, skip a, a full week of working out. You throw this in your luggage, you bring it to the hotel, you loop it over the door right in your hotel room, and you get a quick 12-minute full-body workout in it. And, and they're great. I mean, doing body weight exercises, again, push-ups, sit-ups, crunches, I mean, uh, bench dips, something like that, they hit the triceps. I mean, there's so many things you can do every day where you don't think about it just doing body weight squats or lunges bulgarian split squats a lot of the single leg stuff um just helps out with balance helps out with strength i mean these are the type of things that again if we just did a little bit every day or a few times a week again going into the backyard where you got to clean something up or you're cleaning your basement or again moving the dog food moving the laundry baskets this is where we're going to feel these things being so much easier and again, we all have pride. We all have, in some cases, our egos um, that we like to do and heavier numbers in the gym for the sake of, ooh, I benched 225 or 325 or squatted 400 or deadlifted 500 or whatever the case may be. We all like to hit those checkpoints. But it's truly the everyday things that we do. I and mean, I remember one time being in, in, I believe it was a Dick Sporting Good, 
I was in a, in a store with my father, and uh, he gives me a burlap bag that was about, I'd say, 16 inches long and, I mean, probably eight inches wide or so and about four inches thick. And it's filled with shot, the pellets that are in a shotgun shell. He would reload shotguns for shooting trap and skeet. And the bag weighs about 25 pounds of these little pellets. And I'm carrying it around the store. And this is probably 20 years ago. I'm carrying this bag around the store. I'm like, hey, are we almost done yet? This bag's getting heavy. And he looks at me and goes, yeah, think about it. Someone that's 25 pounds overweight, that's what they're carrying with them every day. And you don't really think about that. I mean, I ran the Manchester Road Race. Manchester Road Race is a... a a running race on Thanksgiving morning. They have up to 15,000 runners there. It's uh, one of the oldest races. I believe the Boston Marathon is the only thing this side of the Mississippi that's been around longer than the Manchester Road Race. And I ran it one year. The following year, I dropped, you know, 20, 25 pounds of body weight and literally dropped about 15 minutes off my time. And it was that much of a difference and you, you think about it if you're running at 220 pounds and you go and do that same run at 190 pounds think about how much less mass you need to carry around over the course of i mean just shy of five miles and it's things like this that we don't think about and that often i mean number one going into the gym you should really be thinking about building strength that's the most important thing think about i want to get strong now, if you have your regimented workout and you're consistent with it and you're there more thinking, I want to build muscle and doing the strength training, it's what's going to build muscle. Your building muscle is going to turn your body from, I use the example of you're turning your body from a four-cylinder to a six-cylinder. You put more muscle on, you have a bigger car, bigger engine, you need more gas, eat more food. You're not going to get heavier because you're eating more food because now you have a six-cylinder engine rather than a four-cylinder engine, so it's going to burn more food. So that's why the client that was only at 800 calories and now three times the amount at 2,400 calories, she's not gaining weight because she's turned her body from a four-cylinder to a six-cylinder. And if you're someone that drastically under-eats and you're, you're that sub-thousand calorie, I mean, you're not even a four-cylinder. You're a hybrid. So your body's saying, all right, let's store all this food. Let's store it as fat because I don't know when this person's going to feed me again. So we need to keep this in reserves just to make sure there's going to be one day where this person decides they only want to give us 200 calories. We need to hold on to this just so we can nibble on it slowly over, over the, the course of the week or the months or the years because we don't know when we're going to get a significant amount of food again. And we don't think about it that way, but that's our our bodies are really intelligent, and they they adapt to the situation. And that's the thing: we start exercising, feeding it, and instead of going into just storage, it goes into building muscle. Again, now you made that four cylinder to a six cylinder to an eight cylinder. And not to scare people, I know the terms we use are bulking and cutting. Now, the bulking just sounds like you're going to get big and fat and bulk up. First off, if bulking worked that quick, every guy on the planet would look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. You don't grow that fast. Men don't grow that fast. Women don't grow that fast. So for especially for the women that are afraid to lift weights because they don't want to get, quote-unquote, too big, it doesn't happen overnight. 
you're going to tone up, you're going to look good, you're going to get compliments. You're not going to become a, a bodybuilder with, I mean, it takes years to get that big. I mean, even even the guys, I mean, I can say I've been steadily lifting now for a solid five to six years, and I was always an athlete in school. I had, I had big legs. Um, even a guy that I shoot archery with, he's an exercise physiologist, checked out my body fat, and he went to pinch my my thigh for my legs. And like, geez, you got big legs. And I've always had legs. I had no upper body. So even in the in the six steady years that I've been lifting, I mean, I can see the definition. I have arms now. I have a, a chest now. I, I I'm not scrawny from the waist up, but by no means am I am I big. And too many people fear that if they hit the gym too hard, they're just going to get big. Really, it doesn't it doesn't happen that quick. It takes consistently. It takes years. And that should be our number one goal. Let's get strong. Let's put on some muscle. Let's speed up our metabolism. Uh, and then once you're in control, and, and this is where and a, a coach comes in. And and I'm a personal trainer. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian. And keep in mind, uh, legally, a registered dietitian is the only one that can give you a meal plan. And so any trainer like myself that gives you a meal plan or any nutritionist that gives you a meal plan, it is a recommendation of what to do. So when I when I talk to my clients, I'll give them a recommendation of what they should do. Um, but technically, the only one that can legally write out a, a structured meal plan that says specifically eat six ounces of chicken breast and one cup of broccoli and two cups of rice and only a dietitian can can legally do something like that. So keep that in mind. Anyone else below that, it's a recommendation. Um, some people feel that they can just give advice and above their pay grade, so to speak. Um, the best trainer, the best coach is the one that every now and then you hear them say, I'm not sure about that, or it depends. The one that acts like they know everything most likely doesn't, and they're trying to impress you. Um, with just using big words and throwing things out. So always always make sure you're getting the proper information uh, in cases like that. But and again, building strength, once you get to the point where we've put on a, a little mass, I mean, hopefully not necessarily weight, but mass, and we, we control it. We transform the mass. So we're at just throwing numbers out there. Let's say it's a, it's a guy at 200 pounds and you were 20% body fat. Hopefully now we're still at 200 pounds, but we were down to 17% body fat. And as we do that, now it's time where we can cut back our calories. And this is where we'll start losing the weight. But we want to make the first goal to get stronger, to put on muscle, and then we come back. But again, the most important thing is just the functional stuff, the stuff we're going to be doing every day, the moving the dog food, moving the laundry. I mean, if, if you have a, a blue collar job, if you're a, any of the building trades, plumber, electrician and carpentry, and if you're a mechanic, stuff like that, I mean, think about it. If you, if you're fresh out of high school and you're working at town fair tire and, or some tire shop and you need to grab that tire off the top rack, think about it. If you, worked out and you lifted it's gonna be so much easier to move these tires around when you get it over to the car and you just got to lift it up that eight inches off the ground to get it on onto the car think about the difference and you, you're an electrician and you got to go up to the 
and second floor of that new construction and you have and a hundred pounds of wire on your shoulder. Think about it. If you, if you were working out in the gym and, and you started at the gym where you can barely bench press 95 pounds and now all of a sudden you're benching 135 or two, 205, think about how much easier it's going to be to bring that spool of wire up. I mean, maybe now you can throw 200 pounds of wire on your shoulder and bring it up in one shot rather than taking two trips up and down the stairs. So it's those type of things that we should really look at on whether our workouts are being effective and you're making progress. Don't always look at the number on the scale. Don't always look at the guy next to you in the gym that has more plates on the bar. Look at how your everyday life is much more in control and you can just do things with better ease and less fatigue at the end. All right. So hope you guys got some good information out of this and we'll see you next week. Shift Mindset Podcast is for entertainment purposes only. While the suggestions, strategies, and practices we have given have been proven successful for our personal use as well as clients we have worked with, these recommendations should not supersede instructions given by any licensed professionals, including but not limited to your primary care physician and mental health professionals. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today for the PowerShift Mindset Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. Be sure to like and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at The PowerShift Mindset and also visit thepowershiftmindset.com. Thanks again for listening to The PowerShift Mindset.